0: Guys, mental health is something that Dan and I are extremely passionate about, which is why it excites us to say that we are partnering with BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode and our podcast. BetterHelp is the world's leading therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. With BetterHelp, you get the same professional and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash BacksideGroundBalls. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, backside ground BacksideGroundBalls. By Riverside. What's going on everybody? Welcome back to the Backside Ground Balls Podcast. We're coming to you here on a Thursday evening. Uh, coming to you live from the Hampton Inn in Quakertown, Pennsylvania. By the time this drops, I don't have to worry about any of our loyal listeners out there across the state of Pennsylvania hunting me down because I'm going to be out of town already by then. But that's besides the point because we're here tonight solo dolo here. Dan's got a little bit of company in town. Colin's obviously out there grinding in Las Vegas, triple ball bus league we don't want to disturb his peace during the week when they play six game series so you're just lucky enough to get me here on this thursday evening I've spent the whole week talking to prospective students at campbell university might as well just keep rolling here and keep flipping my apper for for people to listen to so we're going to dive in on a couple things we're going to make this episode quick just want to make sure we're getting content out to you guys consistently and we're going to talk about a couple different things across major league baseball uh, so the most important thing and probably something that's been big news to a lot of people is the fact that the pittsburgh pirates have been super super good they've been super impressive specifically over their last 10 they started starting out this season 18 and 8 they're 9 and 1 in their last 10 games and they just took a series from the los angeles dodgers who are now sitting at 13 and 13 Uh, it's just been really impressive what this pirates team's been able to do I know Dan did not want to talk about them because he's quote-unquote down on this team, and I'm not even going to give him a chance to defend himself. Uh, So I'm just going to speak my voice um, and give my opinion on this team. I think overall it's impressive to see. I think good organizations make the most when they don't have the most access to the best resources is the best way to say it right so they do it to themselves to a certain extent obviously they don't spend the money but they're not ready to necessarily be a winner today they're not necessarily ready to be a winner tomorrow necessarily so being able to be 18 and 8 with a roster that's quite frankly scrap heap uh, you're getting guys like g-man Choi, carlos santana Jack Sawinski, Connor Joe, Andrew McCutcheon. Those are all guys that we're going to talk about when we dive through this roster, but they're not exactly guys that you sign in the offseason, bring up from AAA trade for that you're imagining are going to be a competitive NL central roster. I don't think this team has staying power, but I think we need to give flowers to a team that's done a very good job of building a roster around one specific player that's done a very good job of finding arms that do unique things well and putting them in a position to be successful because quite frankly at the end of the day that's the most important thing is being able to identify talent put them in a position to be successful and then put them on the field and hopefully they win some ball games. So, and obviously sitting at 18 and eight with a series win over the Dodgers, some other really impressive series wins across the season, like one series win against the Houston Astros, very impressive what we've seen from this Pittsburgh Pirates team and obviously I think they've lead the league currently in quality starts which is a testament to what they've done on the mound. I always like to say you know a team has good player development when they're able to find scrap heap arms and put them in a position to be successful, right? Whether that be a reliever, starter, and anything. You have guys like Mitch Keller, who we've all known for years. He's pitching to a 3-5-3. He just had 10 punch-outs today to take the series against the Dodgers, which was an impressive outing. And But he has 40 strikeouts in 35 and two-thirds innings. We've heard about Mitch Keller for years now. The stuff has always been there. He trains at Tread. We see the stuff on Twitter. We see the sweeper slider. We see the four-seamer with hop. We see the two-seamer and sinker that runs and all the stuff that makes him such a unique arm, but it's never translated to the mound with the consistency you need to, to be the best version of himself. Does that mean that he's turning the corner? Does that mean he's doing that? I don't necessarily know, but I think it's something to keep in mind is that this is a top prospect. This is a former top prospect and we've seen time and time again that that progress is not exactly linear for these guys the guy that's more impressive and more impressive of a testament to the pittsburgh pirates and what their organization's been able to do is johan oviedo dan's not here to correct my mispronunciations of somebody's name so uh, we're just going to roll with what i just said but he's been really good he's pitching to a 3.03 era He's got 29 strikeouts in 29 innings, and he's been able to limit hard contact as well. You go on his baseball savant page, looks like there's a lot of staying power in that arm. He looks like a guy who's at least going to be a formidable mid-rotation arm for the foreseeable future. And you start to see the potential of building around a rotation between those guys, plus a guy with elite stuff like Roenzi Contreras. Um, he's obviously got the best stuff of the group. Arguably him and Mitch Keller both have really good really good stuff um, And being able to have those two at the top of your rotation roesney has not been as exactly the the world beater that Mitch Keller has seemed to been um, His stuff could be a little bit better But he's a guy that that you definitely keep in mind And you know when he has elite stuff that anytime he gets on the mound that he could quite frankly dominate any lineup across baseball So and then on, on the back end of the bullpen, you know, they have a couple guys pitching really well Will Crow's pitching out of the pen, doing well. But David Bednar, there's people that are starting to murmur. I don't agree with it necessarily that he's the best reliever in baseball. I don't believe it necessarily, but he's had a great start to the year. He's got 15 strikeouts through 12 innings. He only has one walk on the year. I think he's got eight saves. Obviously, they've been really good playing in a lot of tight games, so he's going to get a lot of those high leverage ninth innings that he's going to be able to get that save. Stat, that means nothing, Um, but he's pitching to a .75 ERA. Uh, He has given up a His whip is less than one. Uh, He's only given up eight hits and walked one hitter, so that's pretty dominant stuff from a guy who has been really good really the past couple years, uh, last year specifically. Really elite stuff, good swing and miss stuff. I'm not ready to label him as the best reliever in baseball like I've seen on Twitter for some of those Pirate fans that are getting a little too big for their britches. Um, but he's definitely making a name for himself, and, he, and he's probably going to make himself some money here, and whether it's through the Pirates extending them which we've seen as recently, or um, getting to free agency and being one of the top relievers in the game, uh, which he's still got a little ways to go for that. He's definitely getting himself a payday with this start to the season. Um, speaking of an extensions, uh, surprisingly, the Pirates have left three teams into the dust without giving a $100 million contract. Who would have thought that the Pittsburgh Pirates would be one of a few teams giving out a $100 million contract? Not me but they extend Brian Reynolds. We'd had heard murmurs about this. Uh, He's got eight years, 106 million at the age of 28. And now if anybody remembers this, Brandon Nimmo, this offseason signed for eight years, 160 million at 30 years old. So... Obviously, there are a lot of people, myself included, that would have rather locked up a, a Brian Reynolds to $106 million than clogging up 54 more million of payroll for the same amount of time uh, in Brandon Nimmo, but that's apples to oranges. It's not something that we need to talk about today because both of them could blow up in flames. Both of them could be a bargain deal or both of them could just be market value. But Brian Reynolds was really good. He was talked about a lot heading to New York. Um, he had a sneaky, like really good last two years. He was an all-star in 2021, had a really good season that year, OPS over 900. Last year was a lot of the same, more power, a little less on the average. He hit 300 in 2021, but this year he's off to a similar start, he's hitting 301 this year, 878 OPS, with five home runs and four steals, uh, so that's pretty impressive start to the season for Brian Reynolds. You know that he's a really solid baseball player, and being able to have him in that lineup every day, and now for the next eight years, you start to see the, the fruits of what could be a competitive team. Another guy that that a lot of people talk about, when you look at his baseball savant page, it's a, a lot of red right now, and it's really impressive to see, and that is Jack Sawinski. Uh, Jack Sawinski right now is one dotting on the flat, one dot OPS, 1.000 OPS with five home runs and four steals. Uh, you know He's going to play you good defense. He's starting to make a name for himself. His baseball savant page, as I already mentioned, exit velocities through the roof, max exit velocities through the roof, barrel percentage through the roof and obviously for a guy who's one dotting you know that he's doing a good job so there's no denying that but um the the underlying peripherals prove that you know this might be some staying power here and you're starting to build a formidable outfield that could be here for the foreseeable future for the pittsburgh pirates before you even talk about some of their high draft picks and some of the guys that are in the farm system that could be impact talents obviously the name that you think of when you think about the recent pittsburgh pirates You think about Andrew McCutcheon. Well, Andrew McCutcheon signs a contract with the Pittsburgh Pirates this offseason, and and he's turning back the clock. Like everybody on this team right now, apparently, he has five home runs and four steals. He's hitting .272. It's really good to see the peripherals show that he is. his batted ball profiles are good. He's raking. He's looking like he's young again, per se. Um, He's always been a veteran presence. He's always been a quality at bat over the last couple years. But being able to put the thump into the ball has really made a huge difference in terms of his overall production and being able to be that valuable piece for this team i think the guy that could really turn this into a really potent lineup potence a stretch sorry we're gonna go formidable lineup we don't need to go potent here but cabrian hayes a lot of people forget cabrian hayes when he came up as a rookie he was a top 10 prospect uh showed really elite hands really elite actions in the field just a stud defensive third baseman people don't know this he has more defensive runs saved than nolan arenado since his debut i pause because i want people to let that sink in since more defensive runs saved than nolan arenado since his debut that's how good this dude can pick it and when he was a rookie quite frankly he was really good with the stick too So being able to combine elite defense with any form of offense would be really good for him to provide value. Now the bat has not been there, right? He's hitting 229 with one home run. So not exactly swinging it well. Um, So you got to see that step forward. And then we forget that O'Neal Cruz is another young guy, along with Cabrian Hayes, that isn't here right now. He's not in the big leagues. He was kind of, he was playing okay. He was hitting two fifty with one home run, not showing the power that he consistently can tap into. So these are the two guys that if they come back and Cabrian Hayes can finally take that step forward or that step backwards, quite frankly, to what he was his rookie year, you could start to see this lineup start to take shape. And, and if Andrew McCutcheon can stay healthy, you have a guy like Connor Joe just casually raking 972 OPS with a 304 average. You have guys like G Man Choi and Carlos Santana, who are just elite veteran additions in the offseason, being able to add left handed bats that are. Inf- Carlos Santana's case, a switch hitter that are just going to give you an absolute quality at bat every time they step in the box. I mean, Carlos Santana is a guy that a lot of teams across baseball would love to have in their lineup. You know, he's going to get on base. You know, he's going to flash some power. Being able to add those guys in that lineup, you you can see a formidable six seven, especially if O'Neill Cruz and Cabrian Hayes are able to tap into their pen- potential to be the best version of themselves and and obviously just be the top prospects that they're billed to be you know i think overall when you look at this pittsburgh pirates team i know i mentioned this earlier is there staying power i don't think so i think the nl central is weak i think the brewers are the best team you're going to get brandon woodruff healthy fastball freddie peralta as dan likes to call him has been you know he's been good this year. He could be better, but he's he's showing the the dominance that he's capable of. And then you have Corbin Burns, who has struggled in the swing and miss department this year, but he's still not getting hit hard. His expected stats say that he's going to get a little bit better. And people forget this. He started slow last year too. Uh, finished just once he got weather got warm. Probably once he got a little bit more sweat pitching in the NL Central, get a little bit more stick, get a little bit more tack on the baseball, he was able to spin it a little better and be able to be the best version of himself. So is this Pittsburgh Pirates team a playoff team? I don't think so. In baseball, it can turn on a dime. You could have these guys that are just swinging it great, showing elite potential, showing elite power, all these things, and they could just either A, get hurt they could fall off a cliff they could revert back to their baseball card back of their baseball card as people like to say but it is nice to see progress for a team that a lot of people don't believe there's been any progress quite frankly and it's starting to see the foundation of what they're hoping is going to build into a formidable nl central team built from within built around brian reynolds getting mitch keller to take that step forward getting johan oviedo in in the rotation on a weekly basis and being the formidable starter that he is plus david Bednar on the back end there's a lot of potential for for this team to be really really good um and really really have the potential to push some teams over the next couple years i don't think it necessarily sticks this year um but i do think that there is something to be said for for this team for this roster that they've built and and for some of the prospects that they have coming up that there is potential for this team to be be a playoff team over the next couple years so when we look uh, across baseball and specifically we're talking about the nl central right now i do want to dive in on a couple teams that are struggling uh for lack of a better term and, and the st louis cardinals want are one dan and i talked about it before the year we, we were out on them out on them. Why the offense is great? I mean, you look at the the names that they have across this offense. You have Paul Goldschmidt, who's the reigning MVP award winner. You have Nolan Arenado, who's obviously one of the best players across baseball. They add Wilson Contreras to add some thump from behind the plate. I mean, Yadi brought so much veteran presence for that pitching staff, but you know he wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire with his bat. Lars Newbar has been really really good this year. He's has an 830 OPS. You have guys like brendan donovan who were kind of big breakout guys and nolan gorman who's obviously a former top prospect came off came out of the gate swinging it through 24 games he's got six home runs and a 934 ops so the lineup's really good and that's not to mention the fact that tyler o'neill who has been sporadically playing because ali marmal hates him is what i'll say um is arguably the most talented guy on this roster i know they have a lot of guys that are competing for mvps on a consistent basis but you know when you look across the roster there's just so much talent there's so much talent in that in that lineup but the pitching staff just isn't good it's just not good. There's no way to put it. You know, I know I saw it on Twitter mentioned that, oh, for, for anybody who's concerned, um, Adam Wainwright and his $17.5 million contractor is throwing 87 miles per hour in his rehab assignment and, and getting roughed up on the rehab assignment, which we've seen rehab assignments. Rehab assignments can be obsolete for guys especially that want to get up, want that adrenaline of a big league outing. But, you know, I think the stuff that Wainwright has is just not what it used to be. Jordan Montgomery was trying traded over he was fun for a little bit when he was traded over from the Yankees he got a lot of flack because you know and a lot of gas gaslighting because uh you know obviously the the Yankees are everybody's fun team to kick while they're down he's been he's been okay but he's been so much quote-unquote better because of the fact that everybody else has been so bad he's pitching to a 3.81 with 20 28 innings with 25k yeah that's good but that's not what you want from from a top-of-the-line rotation guy. Jack Flaherty, what's been going on? Maybe we'll have to have Dan come on and talk about potentially what might be going wrong with him, but 19 walks in 27 innings. I know a lot of those came in the first couple starts. I mean, he was walking more than one per inning through his first two starts, so maybe that's something that he's turning the corner in. 3.29 ERA, 27 innings, 26 strikeouts, so the stuff's there, but those walks, you can't live and die off of that. You can't expect to walk that many batters as a professional MLB starter and still pitch to a 3.29 because you look at a guy like Steven Matz, who's another guy that had some pretty solid stuff historically. He's got 27 strikeouts in 26 innings, but he's pitching to a 6.23 you know at what point do we start to say stephen Matz is just a career bullpen guy and just let him be the best version of himself because he struggles to throw strikes 13 walks in 26 innings that's just not going to cut it he gets barreled a lot 32 hits in 26 innings he's given up five home runs he's second on the staff behind jake woodford who shouldn't be you know, enough playoff rotations of the St. Louis Cardinals uh, caliber. Um, he shouldn't be pitching every fifth day. Obviously, they got to get Wayno healthy before they can do that. Um, but then you look at the the most concerning one to me is Miles Mikolos. He's a guy that they just extended for 20-plus million a year for the next two years. Now, again, two-year contract, it's obsolete, right? But you're talking about a guy who's given up 45, 45 hits in 31 and two-thirds innings. 45 hits you're a barrel machine players are hitting against you 333 that's just not going to cut it you can't be giving up more than a hit per inning almost to that extent six home runs He's thrown a lot of strikes, 9 walks and 31 innings. 29 strikeouts are formidable. But when you're giving up 45 hits with 6 of them being home runs and opponents are hitting 333 against you, that's just not going to cut it. This rotation just doesn't look good. Ryan Helsley has struggled out the gates. Giovanni Galagos has been great. He might have to move into that ninth inning role. Jordan Hicks has struggled. He isn't exactly the dominant reliever we all thought he was going to be. He's pitching to a 6.97 with 7. 17 strikeouts in 10 innings uh, but those walks again those walks are going to kill you he's got nine walks in 10 innings he's got 15 hits in 10 innings that's brutal andre palante a guy who pitched big innings out for them out of the pen last year he's getting rocked to a 7.56 so for a team that historically we've talked about as being the pitching gurus as developing arms that are nobodies into valuable major league starters I mean we've seen it time and time again they're really really struggling on the mound and it doesn't seem like it's going to get better they don't really have anybody in AAA that's knocking on the door most of those guys are offensive guys they have a really good offense that's something that we should definitely be taking into consideration but this pitching staff is just bad This is going to be one of my bones to pick with this team. I don't know if it has anything to do with why they're struggling. But Ali Marmol just comes off as a condescending dude. The Tyler O'Neal thing rubbed me the wrong way. I get it. You got to hustle. I get it. He probably shouldn't have been sent. It was a one-hop line drive to Ronald Acuna, who has one of the best arms in baseball. So even if Tyler O'Neill was running 100%, it probably wouldn't have made much of a difference. But he just comes off as such an arrogant guy when he talks. You know, he's, move, he's benching guys. He's calling guys out in the media and not handling those things in the locker room, which, you know, I'm a nobody. So Ali Marmal, if you hear this, I'm sorry. Um, you know, you, you could definitely tell me I'm a nobody because you. I don't know how you're handling that locker room, but I don't know what it is. He just rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the best I'm going to get from there. Um, and you see guys like, like I already mentioned, Tyler O'Neal, he has not been playing every day, whatever that reason is. Tyler O'Neill takes me as a guy who goes to, you know, I'm not going to say New York, but because obviously everybody thinks that both New York teams need some help in the outfield, which they, you know, quite frankly, they probably do, but that's not a conversation we need to have today. But, you know, Tyler O'Neill gets traded at the deadline, getting sporadic playing time, and then blows up in the second half. Uh, that's what it takes me as. And, and he's a guy who's not playing every day. I get it. They got an outfield jam. You've got guys like Alec Burleson, who you want to get playing time. You got Lars Newbar. You got Brendan Donovan. You got Jordan Wall. Dylan Carlson, you got, and then Tyler O'Neill. So it's a deep outfield that you want to get at bats for different guys. You want to get platoon options, but you got to get the guy who's probably the most talented out of those in the game. And Nolan Arenado, he came off the IL. A lot of people are talking that he might be injured. I, I don't know what to think. I don't know if he needs to go on the IL. I don't know what this situation is completely, but he has taken some bad swings he's hitting fine average wise 257 average not anything great compared to his career norms he's usually around the 280s range we're only 25 games in for nolan Arenada this year but the 347 slugging he just isn't producing the bat speed. He isn't getting the power that he usually has. And and that's obviously cause for concern for a lineup that really, really might not even need him, but they could definitely use, especially with how their pitching staff is, um, they could use some help with, uh, with him being the MVP caliber player that he is. And, and the weird news that we got this week in regards to the St. Louis Cardinals was that Jordan Walker was demoted to AAA, a. And I've been kind of, searching for the the right way to kind of describe this situation the, the first thing that comes to mind is you got to get every day at bats for your top prospects there's no denying there's no question right like we need to get every day at bats for these guys so i don't fault them at all for for taking an opportunity to get jordan walker every day at bats in AAA. I get it so like that is not a question for me at all. If he's not going to play every day in the big leagues, you might as well just make the moves, put him in triple A, let him play every day. There's a log jam in the outfield. He was showing a lot of potential, right? He had a 12 game hit streak to start his career. That's impressive. Um he was hitting 274. He was showing thump. Right? Not exactly power, he was only slugging 397 throughout his time in the big leagues in 20 games, but he was putting balls in play, a lot of baseballs in play at 100 miles per hour plus. So it's just a matter of getting him to elevate it more consistently and you're starting to see a formidable power hitter in the, in the game. And and again, this lineup doesn't exactly need more of that, they're pretty well rounded, they're pretty deep on the hole, but it's a guy you're not going to turn down a guy who's going to be an elite hitter, right? And they just moved him down to A, and it pissed a lot of people off because he's not their worst hitter in their starting nine every day. He's not the worst hitter in the outfield. You have a guy like Alec Burleson who isn't exactly the top prospect type that a— jordan walker is but he's hitting 236 with a 444 slugging so it's not like he's lighting the world on fire obviously we talked about tyler o'neill he's not getting everyday playing time but he's not showing the power that he's shown in the past Lars Newballer is an on base machine but the power isn't there so there's some give and take there and if jordan walker can kind of grow as a player and become a formidable big leaguer especially if you're going to go 10 and 16 like if you're going sub 500 and you already started his service clock just put him in the field let him play every day trade tyler o'neill move some roster spaces around and just get those guys to be productive big leaguers through the trials and tribulations progress is never linear especially at the big league level it's an adjust readjust we're seeing anthony volpe take a huge step forward as he progresses through his through his major league career but you know it's just one of those things where you want to see that guy develop at the big league level and they're not giving him a chance to i would agree 100 you got to get a guy every day at bat so that they don't stint their development you don't need a top prospect just Collecting dust on your bench, especially if you don't think it's the th- difference between being, you know, a well above 500 team and a sub 500 team which it's not right now the team's just not good that rotation's just not good so you just want to get him every day at bats but the truth of the matter is is you don't want that guy to stu- to just lose confidence you don't want to be sending a guy back and forth there's a reason he is a stud there's a reason he's a top prospect give him some chances if you're going to go below 500 and not going to compete for the nl central and getting a lot of Central America flavor, so make sure for for our Twitter fans out there. I know we haven't been uh, huge in Central America. I know we got our listeners out there in Germany. We got our listeners out there in Canada, Mexico, Pennsylvania, New York, Florida, Louisiana, Georgia, Tennessee, all across the states in the in the really the world. We got some some worldwide flavor there. We've got some East Coast flavor. We got some California love out there. Um, shout out to to our friends out there i know the central part of the country we could use some more love so you know kind of catering this rundown to to the central part there and and the chicago white Sox, right dan and i got on here and in our season previews and and talked about how you know we felt that the tony la russa hires set them back right but you felt like there was a chance they were going to turn a corner right this offense is just not what it's expected to be louis robert Luis robert whatever you want to call him he's finally got a couple walks on the year um but he started out the season really good he's got five home runs and he's starting to scuffle because he's just not quite frankly um hitting as well as he should right he's producing some thump when he does make contact but this is a guy who's going to compete at for 2020 every year jake berger jake berger of the missouri state bears if anybody knew that jake berger was a was a Missouri state bear um and at, for our listeners out there if you can name the most famous missouri state bear i give you credit i'll give you five seconds to answer ryan howard rookie of the year mvp winner with the philadelphia phillies ryan howard is a missouri state alumni um jake berger's hitting 224 but you know he's got six bombs on the year six, five, 653 op or 653 slugging and a 981 ops that's a guy who's pushing his way into playing every day you know you got guys like um Yasmani grandal who's taking a step forward after struggling last year he's hitting 260 but you know then just a lot of bad eloy jimenez is a only hitting a buck seventy nine. Yoan Moncada came off to that great start. Looked like he was, you know, right in the form. Gets hurt. And then after that, it's just a lot of meh. I mean, Andrew Vaughn, who was a top prospect, supposed to be a guy who's going to rank 237, 366 slug. That's not going to cut it from your first baseman, especially when you lose a guy like Jose Abreu. Tim Anderson's hurt. He was doing what Tim Anderson does, hitting around 300. Their big offseason signing, Andrew Benintendi. Okay, he's bringing you the average that you wanted from him. He's hitting 283, but he's showing the same thing that he did last year. He has no thump. He can't. He can't change the game impact the game with one swing of the bat, and you need guys like Eloy Jimenez. You need guys like Louis Louis Robert or Luis Robert or Yasmani Grandal or Joan Moncada or Oscar Colas, Evenly to impact the game. I mean, Andrew Vaughn's probably the guy that they need. Eloy Jimenez is the guy that they need. They need a healthy Joan Moncada. They need Luis Robert to be consistent and be that guy, but this is a team that, right now, their offense just is not very good um, quite frankly and it doesn't really seem like obviously you expect some potential comeback from Eloy Jimenez you know he's going to be better than that Andrew Vaughn we haven't seen it yet he raked in the minors he showed some flashes in the past so maybe there is the potential to do it there's nobody denying that but what else are you going to get and outside of that you know You just don't see this lineup as something that's formidable right now, at least. And and they got to get healthy and they got to get right. But on the pitching staff, even on top of that, I mean, Dylan sees up to this point. He had struggled coming off just an absolute dominant year last year. Uh, He got roughed up today. I mean, roughed up today um, to the tune of six earned runs, I believe. Seven earned runs, something like that. Um, and just didn't look very sharp he was against a really good offense in the tampa bay rays um, but he's pitching to at least coming into today a 4.15 the walks are still there that might be including today so we'll, we'll try to fact check that one but you know you need that guy to be the ace of your staff um lance lynn has pitched to a 7.52 he's a guy who's been really good again strikeout numbers are good for him he's striking out 32 and 26 dylan cease is striking out 37 and 30 these guys are missing bats but it's just not translating over lucas giolito had a really good outing in his last time out but he's pitching to a 4.5 like this rotation is just quite frankly it's just bad like, there's no way to other way to describe it. It is just flat-out bad. There's nobody in this rotation that gives you hope. Mike Clevenger's pitching to a 4.81. He's just not that good. Uh, Michael Kopech is just bad. Um, I know he throws a 100. I know he throws gas, but he's got 16 walks in 25 innings, 27 strikeouts. Again, missing bats. That's fine. We'll take it, but you also can't give up eight home runs in 25 innings lance lynn's given up seven home runs lucas Giolito's given up four so you have multiple guys across the staff that are just getting roughed up just getting roughed up and dylan sees he's pitching to a 4.5 as i mentioned 4.15 and that's after the outing against the tampa bay rays today so a little bit of uh that hardship there in to to kind of impact his numbers but you know he's getting hit 27 hits in 30 innings 15 walks that's not what you're looking for from your ace and the guy who competed for a Cy Young last year. So... W- I don't know if either of these teams are going to turn around. I definitely don't think the St. Louis Cardinals are. I think the the AL Central is up for grabs. I don't think there's any denying that. So the Chicago White Sox, if they do happen to turn around, they do got a chance to push whoever's in front of them, quite frankly, and, and really push for a playoff spot. Um, but it's, it's going to be an interesting year. You know, the Guardians are going to pitch it. They're going to play good baseball. They're not going to make mistakes. They're not going to strike out. And then obviously across the board, um, you know, the Detroit Tigers aren't, aren't going to compete at that high of a level. Um, but the Minnesota Twins have looked great this year. So um, definitely a tough and a, a tough AL Central, but there's a chance for them to get back in it. I just don't see the St. Louis Cardinals unless they're going to bang their way to the playoffs there. With that rotation, I just don't see it happening. Um, so um, obviously the the last thing I'll talk about is something that I've been seeing a lot on social media and it is the struggles of the New York teams. And we just talked about two teams that are struggling in the Chicago White Sox and the St. Louis Cardinals. And they're sitting at sub sub 500 by significant amounts. The Chicago White Sox are through 25 games 11 games below 500. St. Louis Cardinals coming off a playoff run last year, division championship, are 6 games below 500. The Mets are sitting at 14 and 11 and in second place. The Yankees are 14 and 11 as well, but according to social media and I know, the Mets just recently blew a pretty significant lead against the Washington Nationals, so that is definitely something to keep in mind, but they came back and won, so it doesn't even matter, so you walk away with that game from a win, I know that C.J. Abrams had hit the Grand Slam to go ahead, but the Mets end up walking away, they're 15-11 and one, 15 and 11 now, so what are we worried about, I don't know, I see people talking about firing Buck Showalter, I see people talking about how Terry Collins showed so much more passion, I don't know if it's just because I'm on social media this year and I wasn't in the past, which maybe I need to reconsider my thoughts if this is what it's going to be filled with this is what my timeline is going to be filled with but man box show walter isn't the one that is sticking eduardo escobar as the only option at third base he didn't build the roster he didn't sign justin Verlander or air max scherzer to be 40 year old starters and while when they're healthy they're gonna be good and i know Steve Cohen and, and company tried to sign Carlos Correa to play third base. Right now, that looks like it would have been a great deal for this roster, for this lineup, and being able to get that much production out of third base. Your top prospects are coming up. Brett Beatty, hopefully, he can take a step forward and help this lineup turn it around. You have Francisco Alvarez, who's struggling. It's hard to catch and hit in the big leagues. We see it time and time again. You can be the best hitter in the world, but That takes so much mental capital out of you on a game-to-game basis that it makes it super hard. So that's not a guy that you can expect to be a superstar right away. But if Brett Brady can come up and start to flash the power he was raking in AAA, and then Justin Verliner can get healthy, Max Scherzer gets done with his suspension, there's no reason this team won't be competitive. Are they better than the Braves? No. Do they have to make a couple moves to make themselves formidable World Series contenders? Yes. I think Tyler O'Neill would look great in either of these teams, uniforms playing left field. But I think the fact of the matter is, is that it's still so early. I mean, the Washington Nationals age old thing, say it two were dead, 19 and 31 going into the end of May. They win the World Series. The Braves were 500 baseball team in June, July. They went up winning the World Series. You're not out until you're out and being able to get this roster figured out and get this lineup figured out would be the only thing that they need and then as for the yankees again i you know it could just because i'm on my it's on my toxic timeline at this point But there's nothing wrong. I get it. You lose the season series to the Twins. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a very, very formidable Twins team. You see Joey Gallo, who's up to seven or eight home runs on the year. I think it's seven. He looks great. He needed to change his scenery. You wish he would have done that there. You have wickedly horrible injury luck right now. Josh Donaldson had a setback. I mean, he's 38 years old, so what do you expect? Right. What do you expect that? And that might be a knock on Cashman, but Gio Rochelle is not any more valuable than Josh Donaldson is when healthy Oswaldo Cabrera is not any better than Josh Donaldson when Josh Donaldson's healthy. Get Josh Donaldson healthy, and hopefully you'll start to see some more production from him. He's a big cog to that lineup. Giancarlo Santon, he's he's frustrated. You could tell by his his remarks, you know, getting Harrison Bader back But Harrison Bader's not a super bar, superstar. He's not going to fix this team. Glaber seems to be back, but you got to get this rotation figured out. This rotation is formidable enough to win a World Series. You're talking about Garrett Cole, who looks like the front runner for the Cy Young. He went out and pitched another gem tonight against the Texas Rangers. He looks dominant. He's not making the mistakes across the board that he had in the past. Nestor Cortez has been really solid, and his peripheral says he will continue to be better. Carlos Rodon was a big money free agent for a reason. Frankie Montas, Luis Severino, that is a formidable five that can win any playoff series. All of those guys are ace caliber, top of the line caliber pitchers on any given start. And being able to throw those guys out across the board, one through five, really impressive. Clark Schmidt, he's a guy who's looked really sharp with the cutter in the spring training. It hasn't translated into the regular season. You still believe that the stuff's going to translate eventually, even if it's just pitching effectively out of the pen. The lineup, yeah, I'm worried. Yeah, Because it just feels, it just feels eh. Aaron Judge isn't going to hit 62 home runs. You can't expect that from that guy on a year-to-year basis. Glaber takes a step forward. Volpe's figuring it out. Volpe's taking his lumps at the big league level the same way you would hope that Jordan Walker would have been, playing every day, taking his lumps. Now he's hitting at the top of the lineup. He starts to seem to be turning around. He's not going to provide any more thump than, you know, anybody else would um in that position i mean probably more thump than ikf but his ability to impact the game with his legs and show some power is really impressive he's going to start to get more comfortable with the game riz is is a stud he's riz glaber's taking that step forward but getting josh donaldson getting another left fielder that's going to come and perform whether it be tyler o'neill obviously everybody wanted brian reynolds um, which is not going to happen. Getting Stanton in the lineup every day, getting healthy, you start to see the potential for this lineup to be really, really formidable and really, really good. Um, so, that team, I'm not worried. Buckshaw Walter's not the problem. Aaron Boone's not the problem. Cashman's not the problem. Steve Cohen and company. I know Steve Cohen always gets the um, Billy Epler and company, I believe, is who it is. Um, but it's, they are not the problem um you know you're going to be able to figure it out this team's going to get healthy both these teams are going to get healthy and being able to get your top prospects up and experience and get the pitching staff healthy for both those teams get that stuff off my social media page i'm tired of seeing it it's too much toxic energy but That'll do for this episode from the Hampton Inn in Quakertown. It's getting kind of late. I want to lay in bed, read my book. I got playoff hockey on, NFL drafts on. It's a lot of stuff going on, but make sure you're liking, sharing, and subscribing to the podcast, sharing with five friends. Obviously, I mentioned we got listeners across the world, got listeners overseas. We got listeners across the borders. We got listeners across the East Coast, West Coast of the U.S. We can definitely grow in those states. Um, I mentioned some of the states that we are pretty active in but make sure you're sharing with five friends uh help us grow in any way we have no problem enhancing our followers in any of the states or quite frankly countries germany canada mexico to our friends out there share with your friends Uh, make sure we're we're supporting the podcast and making sure we're supporting our brands better help if anybody needs any mental health needs make sure you're using better help use the back and what is it BetterHelp.com, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com slash Backside Ground Balls. And then make sure you're using our SeatGeek promo code. SeatGeek is your ticketing app for all your live event needs. Make sure you're using that using promo code Backside Ground Ball. Again, promo code Backside Ground Ball and supporting the podcast in any way. But until next time, we'll see you guys on the next podcast. Great news. Major League Baseball is back. The college baseball season continues to electrify. With the help of our friends over at SeatGeek, we can get you out to whatever game you want to see. All you need to do is head over to SeatGeek, find your game you want to go to, and enter promo code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL to get $20 off your first purchase. Maybe you want to go see some NBA or NHL playoffs. I don't know, maybe you want to go to a concert with the weather warming up throughout the country. No matter what event you're looking to go to, our friends at SeatGeek can hook you up with the best deals. Great seats at an affordable price. You can't beat it. Make sure to enter promo code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL for $20 off. That's SeatGeek.com, promo code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL.